scouts foamed about the humidor And pick your milk for breakfast cereal Mount Rushmore Very excited for today's show. Welcome, everybody, to our third base preview. We're really moving right along. Uh, by the end of the week, we should be done with outfield and just be left with starting pitchers for next week. But the season's starting kind of early this year, so we got to get these position previews out of the way. Today, we'll spend a lot of time talking about a lot of really good players and giving our overall thoughts on third base. I am Adam Azer. You can follow me at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, on Twitter. And let's introduce the rest of the gang. Your names and Twitter handles, please. You in the blue shirt. Go first. Heath Cummings, at Heath Cummings SR. Okay, thank you, Heath Cummings. Nice to meet you. That was a good. That was a Chris Towers impression right there. I think. Oh yeah. The energy to start off the podcast wow. was just mind blowing. <laughs> well, let's let's get the real Chris Towers. Are you low in, low energy, Chris? Low energy, Chris. ADP boy, what's going on? Not a puppet. You're the puppet. What's your Twitter uh, handle? Hi, Chris Towers at C Towers CBS on Twitter.com. Oh, all right. And Scott White, hello. Hello, oh, Adam. Yeah. Well, look, I'm no expert podcaster. I'm just, he, he usually, like, he usually starts off the podcast with, like, a point he's already thought about. Like, he, he like, rehearses this lines in the mirror beforehand. I love it. And he's like, Adam he is, says hi, and he's like, Adam, did I ever tell you about the time I was using <laughs> he, my son's hoverboard? Heath is very vain. I am currently in a lot of pain, and so I'm not as clever as normal. Yeah, Heath has a back issue. Scott is at CBS Scott White, and uh, I will just get that out of the way. And I will get this out of the way before we talk about the hot corner and give some hot corner hot takes uh, today, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. Today, I'll give you multiple choice. Is National Blank Day? Is it National A? Pancake. Pancake. Today is National Pancake Day. Thank you, Heath, for ruining the game. All right. Have a pancake, everybody. What do you mean ruining the game? I won the game. I was going to give you multiple choice. Like let, I didn't need it. Let the listeners think. He only wanted one choice. So I have pretty much decided I'm going to take Nolan Arenado third overall. And look at this stat. Nolan Arenado has had 130 or more RBIs three straight seasons. Over those three seasons, his total OPS is 930. His, that's just very good. His OPS with runners in scoring position over those three, uh, three seasons is 1215. What? Like, that's insane. But he does it every single year. But anyway, he drives in so many runs. He scores so many runs. He's good for batting average. He hits 40 home runs. The only thing he doesn't do is steal. He's a four-category stud. Somebody tell me why I shouldn't take Nolan Arenado third overall. Uh, he is a four-category stud. But, you know, he he doesn't have... I, don't know, I can't really come <laughs> up with that. Like, he's a really good player. I probably wouldn't take him third overall, but that's because I'd probably rather target somebody who gets stolen bases. But I'm not going to be upset if I ended up with Nolan Arenado. He's awesome, and he's consistent. He plays in the best park in baseball, one of the best lineups. There really is no argument against him, except that he doesn't steal bases, and some other guys do. That's yep. it. And and what I mean, how would you apply that? Like if it was a points league, and obviously you don't care about getting any stolen bases, yeah. who who would your third player be? You could make a case for 
Harper or Betts, but like it's not like a particularly yeah or Blackman or Blackman yeah, yeah like I I mean you could he's absolutely in the discussion for number three in either head to head or Roto and yeah the he, the margins are relatively slim between all of them he, I think there's a gap after number two in in points probably after number three in Roto he is my number three and and I I take him third in both formats and. It's the same mindset I've shared a few times that the main thing I want to do with my first picks is not mess them up. I feel like he's the third safest first round pick behind Trout and Altuve. Y'all play scared. No, yeah. he's awesome. I play to win. He's I play awesome. To win, and it's good to be scared in the early rounds if you want to win. It's not just safety. I mean, he was the number six overall hitter in both formats last year. He was the number four overall hitter in both formats in 2016. And in 2015, he was ninth in points and fifth in roto. So in Roto, he's been a top six hitter three straight years. In points, he's been a top six hitter two straight years. It's not playing scared. No one Arenado's great. Just, he's the only – him and Stanton probably are, are the only first-round picks who won't steal ten bases or more. Okay. That's that's really the only argument against And then, Heath, I know you like you prefer the steals guys, um, but I guess, like, if you take Nolan Arenado, take D. Gordon in the third round, it solves your problem, Right. I don't know. If it's so I don't think you have a problem. Like, I'm not putting down Nolan Arenado. You don't have a problem you have to solve if you draft him. He's he's a good pick. He's just not. He's not my third pick. I have him fifth. Fifth. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so this is uh, third base, and that is the hot corner. And here are some hot corner hot takes. And Heath, why don't you start us off with a hot corner hot take? Travis Shaw is going to be even better in 2018 than he was in 2017. There were some stories in the off season, and I thought about bringing them up on the podcast and I couldn't think of the right way to do it. I'm just going to do it and hopefully I do it the right way. Um, he had a child last year and she had a lot of health problems and he has talked about how when they went on road trips, it was kind of like he got a little bit of a break because he spent all of his time when he was in Milwaukee at the hospital. Oh. One of the things I talked about when I was really excited about Travis Shaw last year was he gets to play at Miller Park. This is going to be awesome. Travis Shaw was not good at Miller Park last year. He yeah. was considerably worse at home than he was on the road. Yep. Travis Shaw slugged 109 points higher on the road. And he, Keith says he's going to be better than he was last year. He was seventh in points and he was fourth in Roto at third base. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be better than fourth, but you just think overall he'll have 273, 31 homers. You think overall he'll have a better season. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's also some evidence that he really wore down as the season went on and struggled in the month of September. I know these are all narratives and there's not any numbers to say, yes, this is definitely what happened, but I'm buying into the story. And I'll give you more for that. I mean, he fouled the ball off his foot in August and he was playing hurt. It was the beginning of, or the middle of August and August and September were really bad months for Travis Shaw. So, all right, that's Heath's hot take. Travis Shaw will be even better. And Scott, what's your hot take? My hot take is a Suarez is as good as a Seeger. I think there comes a point in the third base rankings, and it's fairly early, um, you know, especially considering a lot of people are going to draft multiple third basemen, where there's just not a lot of differentiation there. Kind of like we say at second base, it's not as early as at second base, but it, it also happens, and uh, I don't want to pay up for the name, the, the, the brand name. I would rather uh, settle for the imitation which in this case is Suarez. Another example um, you could potentially use is Mike Moustakis versus um, 
versus versus like uh Seeger himself or even Suarez, depending on where Moustakis goes. I mean, we're still waiting to see where he lands. If he lands in a great park like Yankee Stadium, maybe that raises his value to a point he's clearly ahead of that group. But right now, I I don't think he's worth paying up for. So Suarez is as good as a Seeger. Well, I just want to let you know, Seeger's going pretty late. He's going around 11. Uh, Suarez is going a lot later. Yep. Uh, round 18. But Seeger's the 15th third baseman off the board. Kyle Seeger, of course. Uh, all right, Suarez, so get the uh, generic brand guy later for Scott White. Chris, your hot take for the hot corner. Justin Turner is every bit as good as the elite guys at the position. Justin Turner is a batting title contender every year. Justin Turner is basically Daniel Murphy with 35 homer potential. Justin Turner is awesome. I am happy to draft Justin Turner every chance I get. When you say he's just as good as the elite guys, you mean besides Nolan Arnauto? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what about the 35 homer potential? You really think he has 35 yes. homer potential? Yeah. I mean, last season he had a 39% hard contact rate, a 48% fly ball rate, and an 11% home run to fly ball rate. I, I jokingly told Chris that uh, after uh, hurting my back last night, I was going to downgrade Adrian Beltre and Nelson Cruz and all the other old guys mm-hmm. just because – I remembered how fragile old bodies are. <laughs> Justin Turner's not that old yet, but he's still kind of old at 33, and he has had a real problem. He's, he's a young 33. He though. is not a young 33. He's he, a very young body, 33. His body is an old 33. Well, I, don't, I don't think this is like a running He's back only scenario. topped 130 games once in his entire career. Yeah, that The thing with that, and that is true, uh, but also like he just wasn't an everyday player early in his career. Yeah, it's been three years. Yeah. And he's and, gone and 126, the, And that's the thing is that – he did have, I think he had the hamstring issues last season. Those yeah. can recur, but it, it's never been like a blown out. It, it reminds me a little bit of where we were with Giancarlo Stanton last year, where it's like a different injury every year. But he's a lot older, and they've been sure. not getting hit with a baseball in the face or something. It's been actual sure. muscle stuff. I mean, stuff. that happened to Stanton once. But his other injuries were like he had knee surgery twice, a groin injury, a broken hammock. Like, they it's a very similar situation. The youth is different, but if Justin Turner stays healthy, I, even if Justin Turner doesn't stay healthy, I think he's a value where he's being taken. I would rather have him. Is he being taken on round seven and average? I know I've gotten him that late uh, before. 69th. Okay. Round six. Round six. Yeah. That versus Donaldson in round three. Um, yeah, I mean, I could... Like I certainly, if something else caught my interest in round three, I would Look, just, I'd, I would I'd just pass on Donaldson, Donaldson and take Justin Turner. But I'm I'm very happy to take Justin Turner where he is. Is if, Turner going before or after Travis Shaw? Uh, before, he's going before Travis Shaw. Well before Travis Shaw. Uh, actually, they are back to back in terms of third baseman. Travis drafted, Shaw. But Travis Shaw's not as good as Justin Turner. It's like like I I I appreciate your argument for Travis right. Shaw. I'm not saying he, like on him. a per game basis he's not. He's not as good. He's not as good on a per game basis. Well, and Travis Shaw has one full season. 3.45 is what Justin Turner averaged per game last year. 3.31 for Travis Shaw. So if you agree with Heath's assessment that Shaw is going to get better, it may be pretty oh, close. No, I, now, I, don't, I don't necessarily yeah, agree I don't, with that. I'm not but, sure I agree with, with Travis Shaw yeah, getting better. Right. And I also don't think I, – I think Justin Turner's performance last year is more legitimate yeah. than Shaw's. So, I yeah, I do right. I do tier them separately. But, but, like, here's the thing with Turner – uh, two things. One, here are his OPS, his OPS in four seasons with the Dodgers. 897, mm-hmm. 861, 832, 945. So at 32 years old, he had his career season. 
And uh, this is what he did in 2016. It was a very, very good year. Uh, he, he had a 275 average and 27 home runs. And he was only the number 11 third baseman in points, number 12 in Roto. So, he also had a Babbitt that was like 293, probably 30 points below what it has been. The I other know, but like he, he's never hit more than 27 home runs. How does he have 35 homer potential? He was on pace for 24 home runs last because year. Because he's only had one healthy season. All he needs is like a 14% home run to fly ball ratio to hit 35 home runs if he stays healthy. All right. So if he has a 19% home run to fly ball, ball ratio like Travis Shaw did last season, he probably hits 40. If he played at Miller Park, I think he'd have a better chance of doing that. Justin Turner in round six, Travis Shaw in round eight. They are back-to-back in third base draft order, but there are two rounds, I think even more than two, I think more than 24 picks in between them. And when we say the rounds, by the way, we always go on 12-team leagues. Here's my third base hot take, my hot corner hot take. Third base is shallow this year. What do you think about that? Absurd. That's probably the hottest of the hot takes. Yeah, well, it's pancake day, and I like my pancakes hot. I'll tell you why it's shallow. Because Manny Machado, you're playing at shortstop. Jose Ramirez, you're playing at second base. Alex Bregman, you're playing at shortstop. So you take those three guys out, your number 12 third baseman is probably like Adrian Beltre, who might be the best draft value like in all of fantasy. Like I like Adrian Beltre. But after that, we're talking like Nick Castellanos, uh, Kyle Seager, Jake Lamb, who we don't like. 100% 100% agree with this take. It's not It's not that third base is shallow. It's that third base is not that much deeper than the other infield positions minus first base. First base is a clear cut above the rest. But once you account for those guys that you're probably playing at different positions, third base is very similar to second and, and short. It's just the, the stats are distributed differently. And it might be different in head-to-head versus roto because third baseman – are more like first baseman in that they, they're more of the slugging variety. But in Roto, I don't think there's a big difference between the three non-first base positions. I think it's very comparable to second base, actually, um, in terms of distribution of talent. It's just that upper tier at third base is itself deeper than second base, which you could argue makes it more pivotal that you get one from that group. Yes. Because there are going to be more of your competition is going to have one from that group. So that's, you know, every, you know, kind of thinking in a head-to-head context, every matchup you have, you're going to be at more of a disadvantage. Uh, you're going to be at more likely at a disadvantage because one of your opponents will have a great third baseman. And that's why I'm more, that's why I'm very set right now on Travis Shaw, excuse me, Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado third overall because I don't think this is a position where it's like, eh, there are so many good third basemen. Because three of the top, like, eight third basemen, seven I believe, are more likely to be played at different positions at either shortstop or second base. And again, that's Manny Machado, Alex Bregman, and Jose Ramirez. Like uh, at second base, there are so many mid-tier third basemen. So when it comes to filling your utility spot with a third baseman or your corner infield spot, that's where you don't want to pay. Correct me, and maybe I'm completely off base here. Maybe you have all the numbers. My expectation is that Michael Franco, Eduardo Nunez, well, he's eligible at both. Nick Castellanos, those guys are better considerably better than the 15 through 20 shortstops. Oh, yeah, they are, but they're not better than the 15 through 20 first baseman. Uh, they're, actually, they're not. Um, I mean, my- second base, it's, it's comparable. Like, Nick Castellanos averaged actually fewer head-to-head points per game than Cesar Hernandez last year, who, uh, you know, I have 22nd at second okay. base. But that's second we base, just, We just need to be shortstop. clear. This Nick Castellanos thing that's happening this preseason – I'm not sure if I want to make Adam break out the beep button. (laughs) 
It's bleeping nuts what's happening with Nick Castellanos right now. <laughs> it take. doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? He's being drafted like 110th overall. 116th. This is crazy. I there thought, is no I thought you ju- like Nick Castellanos. I do like Nick Castellanos. Until everybody else there does. No <laughs> Until everybody else does. There is no justification for Nick Castellanos being drafted 116th overall. Did you see what he did in the second half last year? Sure. Did you see what his line drive rate is? Yes. yes. It looks all like those, he could be the second coming of Freddie Freeman. All of those things are great. With worse but it's places. still Nick Castellanos. Like, we're still talking about a guy who's done it kind of for half a season. The there, batted ball numbers are impressive, except it's Comerica, we're not sure if their radar gun works. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> and, and it's it's a hundred and sixty. Wait, guys, Kelsey wait, Scott, Scott, Scott. Years Hold on, let, production. Let it let the A's are in here. I'm assuming mm. that Castellanos is going to be a sleeper or a breakout for Scott. So we will absolutely cover that a little bit later. Uh, let's be a little bit more general here and uh, talk about the third base position. But I do want to tell you about CBS Sports, the commissioner product. CBS Sports commissioner launched a few weeks ago, and it is awesome. This is the place to play fantasy baseball. You're going to be signing up for your leagues right now. You want a league that's customizable, where you can create your own stat categories. You can adjust scoring by position. You want a league that's good for dynasty. we got a deep player pool. You can add your own player. Uh, you can swap draft picks up to three years in advance. We've got all that on CBSSports.com. We have amazing advanced stats. We make it very easy to find the best free agents with projections for the next week, for the next month, for the next, for the rest of the season. Uh, we have a great custom stats page. I mean, really awesome stuff. And we have the best Shohei Otani rules, unlike other sites. O- Otani will be one player, and he will be given both starting pitcher and DH eligibility, and you can choose where you want to play him. So if you want to sign up for a league, please do it at CBSSports.com slash FBT. Let them know the podcast is how you heard of it. CBSSports.com slash FBT. So uh, let's talk about what we've discussed with other positions. How many starting caliber third basemen do you think there are? Well, this is probably less relevant. There, there are, if you include the three that I mentioned, Machado, Ramirez, and Bregman, who are shortstop or second base eligible, there are more than 12 that you think are starting caliber, right? Probably 17. Okay. So if you remove them, we're talking still more than twelve. I have. Oh, if we if we don't remove them, I have nineteen. Okay. Um, so yes, more than twelve. Yeah, I can go down to twentieth in ADP and still find a starting caliber third baseman, but I don't believe all of the people bo- above him are starting caliber third basemen. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Adrian Beltre so being like- drafted twentieth. I think that's that's right. way too low. I think there's a clear tier of the top nine. After that, there's a drop off. Nine? I'd say. Do you have Turner or Shaw ninth? Turner. I'm talking about ADP. Oh, okay. Turner's ninth in ADP. I think that's where the drop off is. Turner's ninth in ADP? Who are they Uh, taking third base? I've got him tenth at third base. Uh, Bregman, Rendon, Ramirez, like the, the normal guys. Then, then I agree with your hot take. I didn't think it was that hot. Uh, but if people are ranking Justin Turner anything lower than seventh, there are guys guessing. between, like, I don't know if I feel good about Miguel Snow as my starting third baseman. How many times has Justin Turner been a top seven third baseman? I think once. Actually, I think zero. That's what I thought. Yeah. Per game basis, though. Right, but that's, I mean, that's part of it. Like, if you're going to knock Adrian Beltre down to the 20th round, you got to knock Justin Turner down a little bit, too, right? Well, it's, yeah, but it's, even if even if you assume an injury for Justin Turner... You're getting production when Justin Turner's injured. Like it's not like 
oh, I got to keep him in my lineup, even though he's hurt. Yeah, but Adrian you know? Beltre like, is like he, probably he's better. Worth more. Well, Adrian Beltre is 138th overall, and that, like you said earlier in the podcast, Adam, that might be the single most obvious and best value available right now. Yeah, who's better on a per game basis, Justin Turner or Adrian Beltre? It's probably pretty close, right? I would guess it was really close last year, but Adrian Beltre had yeah. arguably his best season since the MVP year. But every, you know, so many guys did. That's the thing. Like, that's yeah, what hitting that was. Yeah, has been better each of the last three years. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway. But he's also what five years older, six years older than Justin Turner, who we are already calling old. So, like, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was seven hundredths of a point separating them on a per game basis last year. So it was very close. But who's more likely to just have, you know, the bottom drop out on him? Definitely Beltran. All right, just one correction here. Anthony Rendon, or Justin Turner is the eighth third baseman drafted. He's ninth in fantasy pros, but they count Freddie Freeman as a third baseman. Freddie freaking Freeman. we're not doing that. Okay, um, which third baseman do you find yourself drafting frequently? Justin Turner and Adrian Beltre. And, (laughs) uh, and, And Anthony Rendon, I think, is a really good value of 53. I think he, I think he broke out last season and he's gonna be able to sustain that. I guess Castellanos is the one I'm drafting most often. I'm looking at the names ahead of him, and it just seems like it's so dependent on uh, where I happen to be selecting. Like, if if I'm picking in the top five, I'm probably winding up with Arenado because he's my number three player, and he's not most people's number three player. So I, I do get a lot of Arenado, but it just depends on how early I'm drafting. Heath? I think it's probably Devers. I would say is the guy that I've got most often so far this year. I'm going to try. I, I haven't been able to draft Travis Shaw yet. I'm going to try to draft more of him moving forward, but Devers is the guy. Yeah, Devers, his ADP on Fantasy Pros compared to where he's been going in our drafts, there's a big difference. He's the number 11 third baseman, Rafael Devers, second-year player, very young. Number 11 third baseman off the board, according to Fantasy Pros, going 110th overall. So that is round 10. I feel like I've been seeing him in about round 7 or so in, in our drafts. Because he's one of those guys with a lot of, oh my gosh, he went in round four in this mock draft. This uh, ten-team five-by-five roto mock draft that I don't think I was a part of. Is this an AL only? Uh, is it? No. Devers is no. This happens a lot in expert leagues. There are guys that, uh, specific experts. Well, all of us really. We want to plant our flag on certain guys, and Rafael Devers is certainly one of those guys. Um. There's a lot of them at third base, actually. Yeah, so here's another mock draft. Devers went 117th. That's more like it. So I can see him. People really want him. They're excited about Rafael Devers' breakout potential. They could reach for him early. Or maybe if he goes more in the 10th round in a 12-team league, that's that's going to be much better value, obviously. Um, so Scott said Castellanos or Arenado. Heath said Devers. Chris said Turner and Beltre. And he also likes Anthony Rendon. Uh, thought on Rendon. I mean, I, I love Rendon in a points league. He w- walked more than he struck out last year. He is really good for doubles. Do we like him as much in, in categories or Roto? He, he's, well, I guess if he stands out anywhere, it's probably like runs and RBIs, but he's not a stand, he's good batting air. I don't know. He's not like an he's, amazing player. He's less home, fewer home runs than you'd expect from an early round corner infielder. Right. But a great batting average source, great lineup, gets on base a lot, which obviously influences the run total. Uh, he's, I think, technically finished fourth in Roto last year, right? Third in points, fourth in Roto. Uh, I have him fourth and, and fifth. Fifth? Okay. Yeah. It was close though. 
and I, you know, I, I don't know that that tells the whole story because he stayed healthy and that contributes to a lot of that, but definitively a stud, probably a top tier third baseman in points leagues, maybe just a little outside of that in Roto, but for drafting purposes, I don't know that it makes a huge difference where you should actually take them. Like, I'd be excited to take Rendon in the fourth round in a points league. I might be a little underwhelmed to take him in the fourth round in a Roto league. Also, you know, he's going early fifth. I think that's good value. Yeah, no, it's... He's definitely a four-category contributor and potentially a five-category contributor. Like, he stole 12 bases two years ago. He stole seven last year. If he steals 12 this year, all of a sudden you're talking about... Yeah, I don't... I don't real I don't know that I feel comfortable calling him a home run contributor. Like twenty I mean, to twenty five. Twenty twenty five, it's not in the early rounds, that's just kind of holding his own. Yeah. Sure, but it, he's contributing. But he's he was sixteenth with twenty five home runs last year, Anthony Rendon was sixteenth among current third base eligible players. Yeah, he's not a he's, he's not, not good. a standout power hitter, but he's a contributor. Not well, really. by that measure, everybody that hit a home run contributes. Yeah, I mean that's not really no, uh, be, but being sixteenth being sixteenth like, of the position is not contributing. I mean that's a negative for a guy that's it's, the. It's, I want to call it a negative. D. Gordon's a negative. Starling Marte's a negative. Rendon isn't a negative in home runs, but in this environment, most players you're going to draft have the potential to for, for okay. twenty to twenty five home All runs. Right. Last season, a standing point in home runs was worth was eight point six home runs. So he contributed. Like he didn't contribute a lot. He wasn't a great home run hitter. But I don't know why we're like dinging him for it. Um, well, because he was 16th at the position. <laughs> okay, uh, so, uh, who are we avoiding, Heath, on draft day? I am avoiding drafting Mike Moustakas. I don't really, like, we just saw, obviously, that 38 home runs aren't worth that much. It's only worth <laughs> $5.5 million for Logan Morrison. Uh, I don't think that most of baseball seems to buy into the fact that Mike Moustakas became an elite power hitter last year. And I don't buy into that. There is still the Scott White, the great Scott White hope that he signs a one-year deal with the Yankees, and that changes everything. And then he's been a value this whole time. I'll sign a five-year deal with the Yankees that's, for all I care. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, but I, I think it's more likely that he's not going to go to New York. And if he doesn't, like, I would set the over/under on his home runs at probably 27 or 28 this year. Here's a weird stat for Mustakas: 19 players last year hit 35 or more homers. And Mustakas had the second fewest RBIs and the fewest runs scored of those 19 players. So he was definitely hurt by lack of counting stats. Yeah, it was a pretty awful lineup. And like his per game production last year, uh, was definitely behind like, uh, Travis Shaw. Um, even behind guys like Eduardo Nunez and Jake Lamb. Well, it, even though he was setting a Royals franchise record for home runs. So like the lineup hurt him. What was the lineup, but like you don't really expect a guy to score more than 75 runs with a 314 on base percentage. Right. He, and his he career is 305. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. He doesn't really. If, get, but at the same time, if he goes to the Yankees lineup, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, if he hit eight. Scott, who are you avoiding? Um, hmm. I, let me see. J- well, Jake Lamb, I don't want to like blow the the bust pick right now. You know who I'm avoiding? That's more exciting. That I, that isn't on my bust list. I'm avoiding Joey Gallo. Like okay. if I'm in that kind of position in home runs where I have to take Joey Gallo and accept the best case scenario of a 220 batting average, I guess low. Like I I think I think I I think I messed up somewhere because that's like protecting batting average is a big priority for me in roto leagues. 
And then if you talk about a points league, as much as he strikes out, it's really not that valuable in that format anyway. So I'm avoiding him in both. Okay, Chris, avoiding who? Uh, Miguel Sano, I want no part of. Wow. I love the talent, but carrying a, quote, generous carriage coming into the spring, coming off major knee surgery, Mm -hmm. and facing a potential suspension, I think last year we saw pretty close to the best-case scenario for Miguel Sano in terms of his per-game production, and it was pretty good. It it translates out to about 35, 40 homers, 100 runs, 100 RBI over the course of 155 games. Is there any under-25 player less likely to play 125 or 150 games than Miguel Sano? No, I think that's a good pick. I, I kind of wish I did it. I can't imagine drafting Miguel Sano anywhere this year unless he starts dropping to like the late teens or something, which he hasn't come close to in any of the drafts I've done yet. And, and fellas... In Roto, Miguel Sano is your number 13 third baseman. In points, he's 13th for Scott and 15th for Heath. I, I, as we talk about now overall strategy at the third base position, maybe I see it differently as, than you guys, but this is what I'm saying. I really think it's a shallow position. When you remove Machado, Jose Ramirez, and Bregman, they're more likely to be played at their middle infield spots. I don't want to wait on third base. I want to make sure I get a good one. And, and even though I said I don't really want to draft Rendon and Roto, like, the fact that he is good, I mean, he's definitely, he might not be a standout in Roto, but he's a good, solid player. Uh, I do see a lot of value there. Maybe I'll change my tune on that, be more excited to draft him just when I think, if I don't draft him and I wait longer, like, I might be kind of screwed at third base. I just, I don't know, like, Kyle Seeger is a really nice fallback option, okay? We know what he is, a nice fallback option. Jake Lamb, don't want him anymore because the humidor. I don't really want Eugenio Suarez. I don't want Evan Longoria, nothing to do with him. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see that much appeal in the, in the mid to late rounds personally. I, I feel like I'm on an island here, but I, I want a good, I want a good third baseman. I want to invest in the position. But I, I pretty much agree with what Scott said and I've got him a little bit lower in points leagues at 15th. But so, I feel like the fact that somebody like Miguel Sano is 15th at third base just tells you how deep it is. I, yeah, I, I can talk bad about him when we're drafting him as a top 10 third baseman and saying his ADP is too high. But the fact that a player of his quality is 15th of the position tells you how deep it is. But you don't want him as your starting third baseman. It's a big gamble if you do. It is a big gamble. I I don't mind having him as my starting third baseman if I don't. I mean, that obviously means that I've made other choices throughout the draft. And he is the type of player I would want to have because there will be somebody I can pick up. I mean, considering he's 15th, you're probably not drafting him no. as your starting third baseman. You're probably well, drafting there's three him players. as your... there's three. He'd be the 12th. If you're just counting the if guys, you're, if you're removing third. the yeah. potential middle infielders, right? Yeah, but he is. Yeah. But Miguel Sano is the tenth third baseman drafted in fantasy pros, so um, that's not, that's too late. Shouldn't do that. And yep. the and the upside is awesome. Yes, like he could, but the downside is huge. Like there's a fifty percent chance, I would say, that he's just an outright bust. I, I would like for his ADP to plummet a little bit, and then we could take like you know round fourteen or later flyers on Miguel Sano. Is that fair to say? Like, we want him, just we don't want to have to pay up? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, with that said, what is your overall third-base strategy? And then we'll do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Then we'll get into the ADP. Oh, and it's Team Name Tuesday as well, our first Team Name Tuesday of the year. Email us, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, with your clever team names and any other questions you may have. Uh, Chris, why don't you start it off, your third-base strategy? And we've probably talked about this, so so you can kind of just sum up what we've said. But go ahead. Uh, I want one of those first eight guys, and I'm 
totally willing to have my corner infielder come from third base. It doesn't necessarily have to be a first baseman. There is quality depth at the position and upside. Okay. Scott? I think I'm with Chris in that I want one of the top um, eight guys. I guess it's five if you remove Bregman, Machado, and Ramirez. Uh, I think I am. Now, I'm not totally sure I've landed my strategy yet. I'm kind of rethinking everything based on a recent head-to-head. It was a head-to-head points draft, to be fair, but... I spent nine of my 13 picks on starting pitchers just because I was getting frustrated having to choose between so many more or less equal options in the middle to late rounds um, and uh, not being excited about what was there a pitcher. So I just wanted to take care of the pitching problem early and uh, just enjoy the depth that we're seeing all over the place. And I like the way that turned out. So I may not... Like, third base seems like an easy position to skip because it is so deep in the middle tier if you are going to take that approach. Uh, but, you know, it kind of depends on whether I get Arenado in round one also. Okay, and Heath, your third base strategy. Yeah, I would definitely like to draft a third baseman during the draft. Um, depending <laughs> on where the value falls, I will take that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I okay, I get it. I know that you have no intentional positional strategy. Always bringing his nips. But when you... Start seeing third baseman come off the board. Is there ever a point where you say, "All right, I got to get this guy"? Not really. Like uh, again, it does seem like that Shaw Devers tier is where I, I'm. They both said they want to get one of the top eight. I would like to get one of the top ten. Okay, there you go. See, that, well, that wasn't so hard, was it? I well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, if you need some help, you need some fantasy baseball advice, or you just want to learn about some sports, CBS Sports HQ is awesome. I was watching it all last night. I was watching it this morning. I learned a lot about what's going on in the sports world. I'm learning about hockey. Yes, there is a lot more out there in, in the sports world than you ever knew, and we've got it for you on CBS Sports HQ, which you can find on the CBS Sports app. And what I've done is I've downloaded it on my Roku. So if you have Apple TV or Roku or Amazon Fire or just a phone or just a computer, uh, you can watch CBS Sports HQ, and what it is, it's it's old-school basics of sports coverage. It scores, news, and highlights with really awesome analysts on the show. Uh, just yesterday, I heard Brady Quinn and Danny Cannell, two former NFL quarterbacks, talking about how important they thought throwing at the Combine was. Just really interesting stuff. Uh, it looks great. We have awesome hosts. We, it's, it's really wonderful. So please, it launched yesterday. Tell your friends, CBS Sports HQ, this is your like your new hub for your sports info. Uh, download the app, the CBS Sports app. It's all free. You don't have to sign up for anything and get get to watching. Sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Uh, Chris Towers, why don't we start with you? Give me your favorite sleeper third baseman. Favorite sleeper third baseman. Does Adrian Beltre count? Yes. Sure. Adrian Beltre, 138th overall, the... Number 19 third baseman, I guess 16 if we're removing those three guys at the top, but there has been zero decline in his baseball skills. There has been, there was a one year decline in his baseball availability skill, which is an important skill, but in terms of what he's done while he's been on the field, Adrian Beltre is ageless. And you know what? If I have to fill in for 35 games with Evan Longoria, I'm okay with that. All right. Uh, Heath, you're a sleeper. I think I'll go a little deeper, but I don't have ADP in front of me, so I'll need an ADP check when I say this. Okay. But, uh, I'll say Ryan Healer. 
Ryan Healy. It's not often that somebody goes to Seattle and they are going to a better park, but he obviously is. He's obviously going to a much better lineup as well. I do think there's 30 home run potential, and you could see him somewhere in the 90 RBI range. 230th overall. However, I believe he is expected to miss the first month of the season. I don't believe it's that long. Or was it four to six weeks yeah. from like last week? I so. think I think he still might make it back for opening day, Ryan Healy. Okay. I, that's what I, I think I'm with. Uh, right, Heath? Does that sound right? I, I thought it was four to six weeks, and that was from February 15th. So that would be March 15th to April 1st. It may be a little closer. The only downside, he spells his name wrong, so it might be hard to find him in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does with a R-Y-O-N. It's it's really, yeah, it's pretty terrible. That's why I, he slides I, so far in the drafts. I feel confident that he will heal fine. Okay. <laughs> Scott White, your sleeper third baseman. So I have a couple breakouts. Um, that I'll have to choose between, but a true sleeper, I'm, I'm gonna have to go really deep for that, since it is such a deep position in the middle. Um, and I'm going to go with Jamer Candelario, who is in line to be the Tigers starting third baseman, and actually took over as the Tigers starting third baseman down the stretch last season in September. During that time, Jamer Candelario performed quite well. For the Tigers, as their starting third baseman, uh, what he did was hit about 325. Three, he hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hang on. I hold the phone. Hold the phone. I'm yeah. trying to find the numbers. Hold the pain. Right, he hit 326 with two home runs, seven doubles, an OPS of 871 in 26 games for the Tigers starting last September, um, and with. A very high walk rate, reached base at a 404 clip. And if you look at his minor league track record, consistently high walk rates for Jamer Candelario. Like, I don't think he's going to be a big power hitter relative to the position, but I think he'll, you know, he'll approach 20 he'll home be runs. be a contributor. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll approach 20 home runs. He'll get on base a lot. He'll be one of the team's best hitters this year. And, um, I think because third base is so deep in the middle, nobody's had any reason to look into him. All right, then. Jamer Candelario, Adrian Beltre, Ryan Healy are some sleepers. Okay, Scott, your favorite breakout. It, you better choose Nick Castellanos. I know you were deciding between a few, but this yeah. is your moment right here. Right. I I mean, Devers is the biggest breakout candidate, but I'm sure somebody else will talk about him. So I will go with Nick Castellanos, who uh, Chris was pointing out, I think before the season, all throughout the first half, just the quality of contact Castellanos was making, and this guy was on the verge of a breakthrough, and yada, yada, yada. And then it happened in the second half. He had that breakthrough. He hit, and I think I'll find these numbers quicker, he hit 299 with 16 home runs and an 882 OPS in the second half with a 316 BABIP, with basically the same BABIP he had in the first half. Looks totally sustainable. Uh we I understand there's reason to be skeptical of the hard contact rate for Tigers hitters, but he had a very hard contact rate. He had an elite line drive rate. The reason I compared him to Freddie Freeman earlier is because it was that kind of line drive rate. And the reason Freddie Freeman has consistently hit for high averages, even though for stretches of his career, he's a big strikeout guy because he's making, he's hitting line drives, the kind of batted balls that most often fall for hits. And uh, Nick Castellanos does it at a similar rate. So I think there's a lot of batting average potential here. We've seen the power begin to trend up, especially in the second half last year when he slugged 553. 
I think he's on the verge of something special. I know he's been around a while, but he's only 25. I mean, just entering his prime was an elite prospect back in the day. It's starting for Nick Castellanos. All right, hey, we uh we got to call you Motown Scott White because your sleeper and your breakout yeah, are on the, the Tigers. Thing, Unintentional. The one thing I do want to point out is uh, over the last three years, his soft contact percentage has been 11.4, 11.5, and 11.5%. His hard contact rate has been 32.8, 35.7, 43.4. I don't think his skill set has fluctuated as much as the hard contact rate makes it look. What about the line drive rates? They've been consistently high. Okay. Uh, but what about he, the fact he's 25? He also hasn't turned those line Peak drive rates into good batting average. Peak physicality? I, I agree there are things to like about Nick Castellanos. I just... Chris liked him before it was cool. Yeah. Well, no, I, I liked him when he, he was... He's sad because it's not his baby anymore. I liked him when he was free. Well, well, you know what, like Chris, you you probably good things like I don't. Anymore. I don't He's making like a him. name for himself, Chris. You should be proud. I don't like him when I have to pass on Joey Gallo, who I if think there's bust potential. If I don't do. like him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that on, I take him ahead of Joey Gallo. I don't like him when I have, I'm not having to. I have much. to pass on Adrian Beltre or Matt Carpenter, guys who have done yeah. what we're hoping Nick Castellanos will do. I think Matt Carpenter should go ahead of Nick Castellanos. I'm happy to pass him up for Nick Castellanos. If I'm able to. Okay, so Scott, since you are on the Castellanos train here, what do you think about his ADP? 118th overall. That's round 10 in a 12-team league, and it's ahead of Kyle Seager. Yeah, it does seem earlier than I would take him, but the point I was going to make when Chris was bringing it up earlier, and I've kind of made it since then in a different context, but there's so little differentiation in that middle tier everywhere that... Picking out exactly who you want from that group, you're kind of just going on gut. Like, there's not a lot of objectivity to it. And if you feel like Castellanos is one of that group who you see the way he's trending, you see what his batted ball data looks like, and you think, okay, maybe he can separate himself from the group. I can understand why his ADP ends up higher than most. Now, I would guess, because there is so little differentiation, um, there's a cluster of there's like a five-round, six-round stretch there where, you know, it, somebody has to show up 112th or whatever it is. Well, I and, mean, uh, 118th. So he pushes to that point. He, he, you keep, you're saying middle, but, if, again, if you remove Machado, Ramirez, and Bregman, he's the 12th third baseman off the board. Because somebody has to no, be 12th. No, he's 11th. Because you somebody gotta has to be 11th. Freeman. Well, that's the thing. It's but not. It's not, a, like, it's not a middle I, I, tier. I, I, I suspect it plays out very differently from draft to draft because there's not a lot of reason sure, to prioritize but, him but over the others. That's true for every. Here's here's I, a, I think it's an especially true this year though, and in this range that you have to take that, that Nick Castellanos is currently going over in ADP. Uh, Kyle Seager, Zach Godley, Sonny Gray, Lance McCullers, Joey Gallo, Matt Olson, uh, Justin Smoke, Marwin Gonzalez, Adrian Beltre. Matt Carpenter, Johnny Cueto, Gregory Polanco. All right, wrap it up. What's uh, it's just? What do you think? I get that the upside's there. That's just like I I get what you're saying too. There's several of those players I'd rather have than Castellanos. If I could but get I'm, him 145th, I'm, saying, like, I'm like I don't I don't think this particular ADP and this range of players is like a fixture. This is right, where he right. goes every draft. I think I think there's a crap load of data that looks very different. 
and somebody winds up being at the top of that group, and it's Nick Castellanos. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. Guys, let's go faster here. Breakouts from Heath and Chris, and then bust from everybody. Uh, turbo speed here. Heath, your breakout. Devers? I'm glad we used all our time on Nick Castellanos. <laughs> Rafael Devers, as a 20-year-old, put up an 820 OPS. The history of players that have done that is basically a ton of elite hitters and Jason Hayward. Um, I don't see anything about him that one would doubt. Sure, the BABIP was maybe a little bit high, but he also struck out almost 24% of the time, and he was always a guy that was in the teens in the minor leagues. So if anything, I think we'll see a little improvement there in the plate discipline because that's what he's always shown. There is definite power potential. I had 30 home runs between three levels last year. Rafael Devers. All right, Chris, breakout. I'll go deeper. Nick Senzel. Just, I love the skill set that he's shown in the minors. I think he could be just as good, if not better, than what Alex Bregman did in the second half last season. Boss at third base. Heath. Nick Castellanos <laughs> is being drafted way, way, way too early. Uh, I am not 100%. Doubt that's a rule. I am. I am not 100% sure that I want to draft Nick Castellanos in any round. It's really? also going to be a bad lineup. Terrible. Yeah, he He's did make it 100. Better. He drove it 100 runs. Cabrera's still there. Come on. Uh, and uh, Scott, your bust. My bust is Jake Lamb, who, uh, who can't hit lefties worth a darn. He is like 600 OPS, sub 200 batting average each of the last two years. Which means he basically has to be MVP caliber against righties. And uh, he has started out that way the last two years, but couldn't sustain it over a full season. Big collapse in the second half both times. And it was to the point last year where the Diamondbacks, competing for something, couldn't even start him against lefties. He became a platoon player. Um, now, I still probably shy away from that again at the beginning of this year, but I don't think he's going to be any better against lefties, and I don't think it's going to end very well for him. Plus Humidor. Plus humidor. Like, yeah, he, I mean, I, I thought Lamb was a bust even before the humidor, but that certainly pushes it over the top. Yeah, if Jake Lamb, before the humidor, you know, if even if he sat against lefties, raked against righties, and hit like 250 with close to 30 homers again, like, well, now maybe 25, whatever, he could still be corner infielder. But now with the humidor, yeah, I'm just probably not drafting him. It was just, you, know, you guys have talked about Miguel Sano as a bust, Nick Castellanos, one as a breakout, one as a bust, uh, Jake Lamb as a bust. These are the middle-tier third basemen. That's, like, what I'm kind of saying. It's a little scary there. Uh Chris, give me your bust. Yeah, I'd rather just take my pitchers in that 9 to 12-round range. Uh Bust, we'll just keep it going. Mike Moustakas, we'll just criticize everyone in that range. That's so Mike scary. Mike 107, one good season under his belt. Maybe it will continue because of the juice ball, but I'd rather not bet on it until he has a team, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think it's uh, you know, I think it's interesting some of the names that have been mentioned in the either don't draft or the bust list. Like I said, Sano, Castellanos for Heath, definitely not for Scott. Uh, Jake Lamb, Matt Mustakas. Just kind of consider that when you're drafting your third baseman, and let's see how people are drafting third baseman with our ADP review. But first, it's Team Name Tuesday, the first of the year. And Chris, you'll like these because they are mostly Gin Blossoms names. <laughs> okay. Good. We have Shohei Jealousy. Yes. We have Hey Mondesi. Yeah, it's okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And found out about you. Why you? Yeah. Yeah. 
You Darvish is a gift to the team name gods. Shohei is too. Oh, I just thought of a great new one. What? Judge and Drury. Oh, Judge and Drury. Yeah, that's. What about uh? Been been I said many times, but it's good. I'm not getting credit. The way. Shohei the way is that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, and then Josh D in Kentucky says Breggers can't be choosers. With Breggers. Cho- yeah, is that like Bregman? I would assume so. Yeah, it's okay, Josh. You could do better. We'll we'll what look. Yeah, we'll look for can't be choosers. No, that's uh, not bad. Yeah, we'll look. Um, we'll look for something better next to name Tuesday. All right, ADP. So Arenado is currently going fourth overall, but Paul Goldschmidt's going third, and that will not last. So you can consider Arenado third overall in like for realsies ADP. And then let's talk about Chris Bryant and Josh Donaldson. We won't talk about Machado and Jose Ramirez. They will be played at shortstop and second base. Uh, Chris Bryant is going 13th overall. He is going, so it's like Charlie Blackman, Giancarlo Stanton, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, Joey Votto. What do you guys think about Chris Bryant? It's basically just home runs. Is he going to hit 29 or 39 like he hit in 2016 when he won the MVP and was one of the best players in fantasy? Where do you take Chris Bryant? I like Chris Bryant a lot. I think he's an excellent second round pick. I do put him behind the four aces and the shortstops, uh, Machado and Correa. Okay. What about the ha- first baseman? Sorry, I'll let you finish, Heath. Yeah, he's he's right in the same range as the first baseman. Um, I would I would probably take him over those guys. Okay, Scott, Chris Bryant. I think I could be talked into doing what Heath is doing, with the exception of maybe the two shortstops. I, I right now I have Bryant's like at the end of my first round. Uh but you know, the aces are probably less replaceable than Bryant is, so I get it. I also think power wise, last year may have been a worst case scenario for Bryant and it wouldn't surprise me if he's the NL MVP again this year. Like there's just not a lot to worry about with him. He's like he's like we talk about Rizzo safe. Yeah. And, and but his, I feel like he's even a little better. And his plate discipline got better too. And he's cut his strikeouts three strikeouts straight way years. Down. Yep. Yeah, way down. Like when he first came up, it was like, how's this guy gonna fare striking out a third of the time? And now it's like, he's, he's one of the, average. he's one of the best contact <laughs> power hitters in baseball. Yeah, so Bryant, Bryant could be a great value even at 13. Uh, he sure would have been if, based on 2016. Yeah. A- another hot take for me is that among players not named Jose Altuve and Mike Trout, Chris Bryant has the best chance to be the number one pick next year. Okay. I like it. Hot pancakes. Scorching take. All right, Chris, where do hot, you want to take? take? Hot cake, hot takes. Where do you want to take Josh Donaldson? He is going early round three. Uh, right now we're looking at like JD Martinez, Cody Bellinger, George Springer, Josh Donaldson, Corey Seeger, D. Gordon. JD Martinez, Bellinger, Springer, Donaldson, Seeger, D. Gordon. We are pricing in a good amount of bust potential for Josh Donaldson. We saw the injuries impact him last year, kept him off the field, limited him when he was on the field. Uh, but I don't know. There, there's not that much more bust potential with him than there is with J.D. Martinez or Cody Bellinger. So I think that's a fine range for him. I don't think those guys are any more talented than Josh Donaldson. He, Donaldson was like our fourth overall player last year, yeah. right? I think he got an injury in spring training that pushed him down toward the end, but that's where we were planning on drafting him at the start of draft prep season. And he was basically that player in the second half last year. So, uh, yeah. His overall numbers 
once you extrapolate them to a full season, are pretty much what we expected. He got so ridiculously hot uh, in the second half that he made up for the slow start, but he wasn't that far off what we would have reasonably expected for him. He now, averaged as many points per game as Chris Bryant last year. Exactly. So. Yeah. And uh, the strikeouts were up a little bit, but he still had good plate discipline. And the strikeouts came down later in the year when he started hitting better. Yeah, uh, they, they didn't come down that much, though. It was still 21.8% in the second half. So that's pretty elevated over where he's been. The, my only concerns, and I do have them a little bit lower than this, I think the Blue Jays lineup is not going to be very good at all. Yeah. And one of his huge values in the past was the fact that he was scoring 120 runs and would drive in 100 as well. Maybe he gets to 100 in both, but I don't think you should expect it anymore. Well, is it worse than last year, the Blue Jays lineup? It's it's basically the same, right? It wasn't as good last year. Right, but and it, Donaldson it, was still awesome. So yeah, Certainly in the second half. If he had played 155 games, Donaldson would have been the number three third baseman in points leagues. Can't do this in, in Roto. You just can't do the calculations. Uh, and that's pretty good. I mean, it's a good position. So Donaldson, but keep in mind, he's had calf injuries two straight years. He played through them in 2016, but wasn't able to do it in 2017. And last thing on Donaldson, would you rather take Nolan Arenado with the third or fourth pick of round one or Josh Donaldson with the third or fourth pick of round three? Arenado. Yeah, I I guess so. Like, And part of it's just knowing – the way that the flow, the typical flow of the draft, like round three, it's very hard to pass up on a starting pitcher there. What about this, though? Arenado and George Springer or Trey Turner and Josh Donaldson? Arenado and Springer. I don't know. In Roto? I think I'd rather have the uh, the Turner-Donaldson combination. Well, what if you did D. Gordon and Arenado instead of in Turner and Donaldson versus Turner and Donaldson, you know? Yeah, that that's also good. Yeah. I'd much rather have Turner and Donaldson in that scenario. Well, but you, you don't like D. Gordon. Gordon. I do <laughs> hate, hate D. Gordon a lot, yes. <laughs> All right, guys, moving on in ADP. So now we have just, you know, we'll include Machado and recap what we've got so far off the board. Arenado, fourth overall, Bryant, 13th, Machado, 18th, Jose Ramirez, 22nd, Josh Donaldson, 28th overall, Alex Bregman, 43rd overall, so a bit of a gap. And if you remove Bregman, there's a huge gap between Josh Donaldson, 28th, and Anthony Rendon, 53rd overall, into round five now. And then Justin Turner, 67th overall, into round six. Travis Shaw, or is that round seven? Uh, Justin Turner's round six. Travis Shaw is the end of round eight. He's the ninth, the pure third baseman off the board. Miguel Sano goes at the end of round nine. He's tenth. Rafael Devers is eleventh. So right, right away, we like Devers more than Sano, and we like Devers yep. in round ten. Um, Mustakas follows Devers. Round ten is interesting. There are there are four third basemen off the board in round ten, and they are eleven through fourteen at the position. Devers, Mustakas, Jake Lamb, Nick Castellanos. Yeah, Devers does not belong there, I don't think. Or the rest of the guys don't. Devers is a cut I mean, above. Devers does have his own risk factors just because he's so young, so inexperienced. He might not hit right away. Yeah, absolutely. But he did hit right away. He, he might have a sophomore. He, might not hit, he wasn't really he bad in this a, group last year. might not hit for a full season right away. Yeah. He he had a 284, 338, 482 slash line as a 20-year-old, but 
you know, 1151 OPS in his first 20 games, 642 OPS in his last 38 games. It's possible they adjusted to him. And it was what, an 820 OPS, you said? Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. Like, if you, but, if you assume what he did last year's is floor, then he's a cut above this group. Yeah, you're, you're assuming that he will improve. If he's yeah. just what he was last season, I'm not sure he's better than Kyle Seeger. No. I, I go back to Andrew Benintendi when I think of Devers and why I'm willing to take Devers in the fifth, in the tenth round, but I'm not willing to take Devers in like the sixth or the seventh round. Cause like there was nothing that suggested that Andrew Benintendi would have a worse year in 2017 than he did as a rookie in 2016, except he was young and sophomore slumps sometimes. So that, that does worry me with Devers. But, but in the context of like, I kept seeing him being taken in like the seventh round in a 12 team league. In the tenth round, like, yeah, hooray, I'd love it. That and that's sense? what it comes down to with all of these guys. I don't dislike Nick Castellanos. I don't think any of us dislikes Miguel Sano. It's just that range for all of us or for two of us. What round three. would you take Castellanos in? I like him in the 14th round. Okay. Yeah, no. It's definitely feasible you could get him there. He's going in the 10th round. All right, then. After the Devers, Mustakas, Lamb, Castellanos group, we have Kyle Seeger in round 11. Kyle Seeger... Look, the batting average was low last year. He hit more fly balls. It didn't really work for him. Um, but if he gets the batting average back up to, he's not even like a great, just like 265. He's probably going to be a top 10 third baseman and just be what he's been every year. The one thing about Kyle Seager is he's been so consistent, and last season was another Kyle Seager year, but the league around him changed. That's the big difference. I don't know. I think if he just had, had a better batting average, he would have been fine. Right? What, what were Seager's numbers last year? Yeah. 249, 323, 450 with a 262 Babip, which is 20 points lower than his career norm. At 27 home runs. You know, if he hit 265 with 27 home runs, he'd be a fine top 10-ish starting Cal- third baseman. There is nothing wrong with Kyle Seager. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, the counting stats were down in, in 2017, the runs on the RBI. So he's in a good lineup, could, could improve on that. After Seager, Joey Gallo, Eduardo Nunez. Who do you like better, Seager or Gallo? Gallo. In in Roto Gallo and points that I'll take Seager. Okay, Chris Seager Gallo. I don't want to answer it. You <laughs> like Gallo? Yeah, Gallo. So it, it's sheepish. Gallo has more upside. Yeah, Seager's not an upside guy for sure. Um, Eduardo Nunez in round twelve. He is the seventeenth third baseman, pure third baseman off the board. And he's not even. He shouldn't even really count because you'll play him at other positions. Uh, Adrian Beltre in round twelve. So yeah, he's, Beltre stands out as like the awesome value, but let's talk about these guys who we haven't really discussed. I'm sorry that it's so late. I don't want anything to do with Evan Longoria. No thanks. I, I'm fine with him there. Like I'm not reading for what? Evan Longoria, but. As what? Like it's gotta be like a 16 team league, cause I'm just gonna go with a first baseman if I want a corner infielder that late. Yeah, I would say, cause I have drafted Evan Longoria. He, I've never drafted him 176th overall. Yeah, he's so, going at Josh Bell, Eric Thames, Justin Bohr going right behind Evan I, Longoria. I think that though, and I've noticed a lot of these third basemen, I have them higher in my third base ranks, but even in the overall ranks, they're a little lower. I don't know, I know these are generally one catcher leagues, so there's a group yeah. of catchers, and I think it may be kind of a mixture of three and five outfielder rankings. So that, that could be part of it too. Like there's there's not a ton of upside with Evan Longoria. He plays in a bad park, but he 
not moving to a much worse park for a right-handed batter than he was in, the lineup should be pretty good. I think the Giants are going to score some runs, at least relative to the environment that they play in. He's a he's consistent. He doesn't get hurt. He's not going to be a star, but no, he's not. He needs I to hit thirty pretty, overs. But like, I don't know if there's that much difference between him and Kyle Seager. Uh, yeah, I think there's a five or six home run difference between him and Kyle Seager. I mean, usually Longoria is in the low twenties with homers. And yeah. he's had two years in the last five where he's hit for power. Other than that, he's been like basically the most replaceable guy in at so, the position. Like two years in the last five, he's had basically twenty percent more home runs than we ever see from Kyle Seager. Three of those years, he's had fifteen to twenty percent less. I, I think it's kind of a push. Well, right. No, no, Fair Kyle enough. Seager's Kyle Seager's definitely better. All right, but move, there's a fifty pick gap. Um, moving on to. After Longoria, we have Eugenio Suarez. He was top 12 at the position last year. Scott, you briefly mentioned Suarez uh, at the start of the show. Yeah. Um, and he really transformed himself as a hitter last year, became like an 80-walk guy, which is not something he ever showed the inclination to do before. Uh, and that really kind of pushed him over the top. It certainly separated him from like the Evan Longoria Types where batting average wise, counting stats wise, they're probably going to be pretty similar. But um, Suarez is going to get on base more, which is going to be more run scoring opportunities. He, he plays in a much better park. Like yeah. I basically believe in what he did last year. I don't know that he has the upside beyond that, so he's kind of boring. But I think he's pretty safe too. Ryan Healy is a sleeper for Heath. Todd Frazier was a top. Like six third baseman in points in Roto and top nine in points three straight years before last year. Any hope that Frazier could be top twelve this year, guys? Sure, but that's like my hope for his upside is that he could finish twelfth because he played one hundred and fifty five games. Gotcha. And then I right, last guy. Uh, I I do apologize for waiting an hour and two minutes to talk about him, but we've got a new batting stance for Michael Franco, and here's a stat from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Of the 2,343 pitches Franco saw, 31.41% of them were low and away. Franco loved to swing at them, chasing 32% of them, but batting just 145 against pitches down and away. So he has closed his stance, and what do you think about Mike Franco, the new and improved Mike Franco, maybe the deepest, latest potential for a star at the position? You know, he's a player who you look at the peripherals and you think this guy should be better than he is, but it's just been so consistently not that uh, you kind of give up on him after a while. This could be like these sorts of changes can often have a much bigger impact than anyone sees coming. They can also be entirely meaningless. So until like if Michael Franco has an awesome spring, you know, he hits like 420 with six home runs, then I'd be willing to talk about him as a sleeper based on this report, Adam. But I, I would have I used need to him, see some results. Yeah, I would have used him as my sleeper at third base, but I thought Chris was going to. <laughs> All right, so uh, he slipped through the cracks a little bit. Is there any other name we need to mention, guys? Like Josh Harrison is whatever. Uh, just like we ended the shortstop podcast, J.P. Crawford mm-hmm. is uh, somebody I wanted to talk about as a sleeper. Now he's you're probably going to play him at shortstop once he's eligible there. But uh, with him, one point we didn't bring up in the shortstop podcast, you need to look at his numbers from like mid-June on because he made it. He made one of those batting average adjustments and took off, had like an OPS over 900 leading up to his late season promotion. So you just look at the 
overall numbers from last year, you're going to be underwhelmed. But he was always considered an elite prospect and, and finally figured out to get how to get the most out of his tools last year. You go super, super deep sleeper. Derek Diedrich may be a leadoff ah, hitter for so the deep. Marlins. It <laughs> looks like he's going to lead off for the Marlins. Uh, he is definitely the front runner, and that's not a great lineup. It will probably be pretty bad. But he's a leadoff hitter with 20 homer pop who can get on base. Okay, thank you. That's Derek Dietrich. J.P. Crawford, by the way, 23-year-old shortstop for the Phillies, third base eligible. Only batted 214 in 23 MLB games, but 16 walks, 22 strikeouts as a rookie. That's pretty good. All right, that is our third base preview. Tomorrow we're going to take a break from the position previews and do some mailbag and some news. So enjoy your pancakes. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.